0: I'm Tuan Nguyen, and I am the creator of Anai Apparel, the number one Vietnamese apparel
1: online. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. Thank you, Tuan. Thank you for coming on. What What does it mean to be Vietnamese to you nowadays? Vietnamese is a. We
0: are uh, resilient. We are survivors. We are a beautiful tapestry of uh, of a community that
1: is uh, continuously evolving and growing. Yeah, you know, we met years ago through hemtran. Shout out to Ham, and you, you, uh, you did a campaign for Alan Sparrow, one of Stefan Gogger's film, and. You had such cute t-shirts that were handed out as promo um promo items for merch for for the movie campaign and it was from that point on we were also in love with you you know in love with your designs and in love with who you are as an artist and and everything T- tell me a little bit about how you got started
0: i mean in i mean i was i I started, um, you know, as a freelance uh, filmmaker, uh, graphic designer, just a fr- freelance multimedia person. And, um, you know, I'm from the East Coast. So not many people know this, but I'm from the East Coast, like the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And so a lot of people think I'm from California, which, you know, it's, it's you know, which is understandable because um, a lot of my fans are in California and Texas. But um, I started in the DC metro area, um, working with the, you know, the, the local community TV station. And uh, that led me, um, was I was introduced to um, a lot of just TV, video production people, which led me to uh, meet uh, Charlie Wing, the director. And um, he was really awesome and in, uh, integral in introducing me to other artists, including, Issa who is part of, you know, VALA in that circle. And um, Issa and and the whole crew are very, like, welcoming to new artists. And so they told me about this little film festival that they were starting up. um, And I should submit some of my work there. So I had some, um, you know, work from college. uh, And I submitted um short films uh, but uh, what got uh, accepted was my short animation about chukui and the watermelon uh, i call it watermelon island and um they sort of adopted me into the vala group from there and i was you know introduced to all the whole
1: crew so wait you had an animation short that went into the film festival in the beginning in the first uh, VIF, Vietnamese International Film and Festival. So. Who, who did the animation for you? You did or you had an artist? I, I did.
0: It was very rudimentary. Um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I will say this over and over again. I'm not a great artist, but I'm just very uh, persistent. Uh, and I'm just like, you know, very um, hard-headed. So uh, I'm, I, I'm just willing to put it out there. Um, and that's what you probably see in my t-shirt designs. It's like, you know, it's
1: just the concept is there but but that's crazy cuz isn't that what artists needs? it it's that non-stop gnawing at the work that we do. It's like the you can't stop creating. That's the hallmark of what artists good artists do.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I actually I mean I've I saw it, you know, early on in growing up and I see it in my my family, my parents, you know, they have just been that type of you know um you know the grit that just keeps on going and um if i don't get it right the first time i'm just keep on the uh, the iterations is what is is important to me the process is important to me
1: yeah be- because it's weird because when i look at your work it's just really and it's really polished and it's really it has its, <laughs> its own it reflects its own sort of uh character right yeah i mean It is.
0: I mean, yeah, I think that I was influenced by like Hello Kitty at first. And I was influenced by, you know, the Apple logo, very clean designs. Um, I was, you know, I was, um, you know, the at first I I printed on American Apparel, uh, which was an L.A. based, uh, you know, apparel company. And I really liked their branding as well. And it was like, you know, it was it was sexy. It was young. It was hip. And um, I sort of borrowed some of their uh marketing style when i did my anoi marketing
1: oh makes sense yeah dove charney what a character (laughs) (laughs) we didn't know what was gonna happen with him yeah (laughs) yeah we didn't know um yeah for all those listening uh look up dove charney d-o-v charney c-h-a-r-n-e-y uh he had such um interesting taste and i could see where the sort of the stylistic uh, influence of of uh, American Apparel at the time uh, blended in. It's like, it was like a little bit risque and dangerous, but at the same time, it was really young and fresh. Yep,
0: I actually, their their, their logo, American Apparel logo,
1: I, I borrowed from that
0: and then I tweaked it into an eye. Uh,
1: um,
0: that's why it looks like, if you put it up side by side, you can see the the similarities. But it's changed the kerning, which is like the the spacing between the letters. Um, so it's like pushed I think, together.
1: I think that's why people and I thought, too, is that why we, pe- we think that you're West Coast is because that feel that there's a design aesthetic that when you look at, I know in the early days, it feels very West Coast. And so you might think that the designer is from the West Coast. Well,
0: yes, but I, well, I also want to say that I grew up in, uh, grew up in my early years in in California, northern and southern California. Um, like you know, shout out to uh, West Hollywood, North Hollywood, California, as well as Stockton, California. Um, and we can go deeper into that. But uh, I, I lived. And then when I graduated college, I would constantly go back to Southern California because you know, just like the energy, the artistry, the the network um and you know my ex-girlfriends (laughs) who were in southern california so um yeah i I would always find excuses and ways to go back there
1: and these things make a huge difference to artists wherever you are you sort of create based on like these unseen vibes right like you you feel it Mm -hmm. and you start to like soak up the feeling of of where you are and it bleeds into the design absolutely i mean. The, I can't you know,
0: say enough like how many times like I we come up with new designs every time I meet up with my friends uh, you know California or wherever uh, but it, oftentimes it's just like the the spark the energy just you know it's like oh what you know like Joy like, Lung, you know like things like that and it's just like blends into like our artistry and our and work and so a lot of times a lot of the designs are um, are, are from just the connections and conversations that we have.
1: You you know, uh, speaking of conversations, a lot of your designs are based on wordplay between Mm -hmm. Vietnamese and and English, American English. And I wanted to ask you how much of that sort of is, you know, uh, based in the geography, right? Because there's certain populations of the Vietnamese diaspora everywhere around the world that might not get some of the things so is that sort of like a metric that you kind of like whenever you come up with the design like what the hell that you have to think that okay this sells in america but perhaps not in paris or right i mean is that something you consider
0: right i mean our vietnamese diaspora it's it's all over the world and um and I've learned that, like you know, what works in the U.S. in the you know generation one and two may not work in anywhere else, or even in the U.S. generation three and four, or and so on. And so it is. Um, and I try, and I have, um, I've I've learned that, and I've tried to make it more inclusive. But at the same time, like you know, whenever um, I meet people from Vietnam, and they, you know, they love the. idea and they think is cute but like they're like oh we don't say that anymore you know and so they the the evolution of words and slang is constantly evolving and so um, I, I definitely think that and I if we were to expand to Vietnam inside Vietnam then I'd have to get a more of a local slang and you know local um you know wording and everything so yes it's you know word uh many people have are just everywhere and so language and food and music is just you know and fashion it's just all evolving constantly so um our, our t-shirts are having needs to do that as well
1: yeah now where did the word and i come from uh in your sort of in the origin story yeah i mean um i wanted it wasn't it wasn't originally an
0: night it was actually um I wanted a word that encap- encapsulates um, it, a word that instantly we know it's like it means love. It means familiarity. It means uh, family. And it was originally an am or um or um, or but because the domain names for M-I was not available, uh, an M was not available. So I just typed in uh, on GoDaddy.com and it was available. It was short. And I was like, I can, I, I can work with this. And um, I, it was just like a lightning in the bottle for me at that time. Uh, I was like, okay, I can work with this. And, you know, I, I have a um, a digital, you know, um, multimedia background. So I was like, okay, I'll, I can build. I knew how to build a website. I, I knew graphic design and I knew some photography and, you know, video. So I was like, okay, I have like the basic tools to like get this off the ground I was familiar with PayPal at the time and I think my space was, was happening. So I was like, okay, I think I have the tools to, you know, uh, make a, a brand. And then, um, and so I uh, it started from there um, and, you know, being in the, um, the TV media um, field, I, I knew that I could, um, you know, like sort of spread this uh, pretty easily and, this was the early stages this is you know 2004 2005 so uh, internet was relatively new social media was relatively new is still on the early stages you know youtube just started uh i didn't use, i didn't even start using youtube until my, you know later um you know so um i was yeah i was really excited I, and i knew that um i could brand it i knew that bra- i knew that i had branding um skills so i could make something um for the younger generation i keep saying this but it's been 17 years so oh yeah the younger generation is no longer
1: us (laughs) (laughs) now did you in the last few years get any slack from any uh i guess from the female perspective why does it have to be called anoi and you know why can't it be called MI? you know I and I know of course there's the uh, the URL that you know you couldn't get the the, the 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 domain name but at the same time do you get slack for that uh, today
0: uh, no not all I mean I, I have a t-shirt that says am mi and it's available I have one that says min I um, also available I, I think that um, the, the the interesting thing is that you know both the man and the woman can wear the un t-shirt and so it can you know can say i am the una, you know the un in the in mm-hmm. the relationship or um the female can also wear um the una t-shirt and they say you know it's like you know i have an, an, a, an mm-hmm. in in you know in the relationship so it can be um used yes, either way yeah. um mm-hmm. genius yeah. so genius. I, I don't get any slack
1: Wow, I'm I'm uh maybe yeah. you know, just projecting of my little you know <laughs> my little <laughs> cramped universe in my mind, right? I apologize, uh, but no. that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been
0: very fortunate. Um, I have you know, I maybe it's also me having blinders on. Like, I only have been receiving love. Um. Uh, from my, you know, from the community, from the fans. And the only thing w- early on was like, you know, because, um, you know, when I was a young broke art artist and I was, you know, doing filmmaking and, uh, you know, just basically being an artist. And I was telling some friends about, you know, I think I'm going to start this apparel brand for the Vietnamese community and sell my t-shirts for $20. You know, the price hasn't changed. Um, and um, And they're like, what? vietnamese t-shirts who'd want to buy that for twenty dollars you know and at that time it was you know a little pricey um but i was using like more expensive t-shirts silk screen and you know it's just the cost of you know labor and shipping all that stuff so um so i did get some you know i wouldn't say haters they just you know didn't understand that they're we, we needed to create uh you know a niche for ourselves and without that i mean you know google was not google before google so we are creating our own brand. And, um, and I, I mean, I believed in myself. So, ever since then, I, I've always, um, I never really received any hate, if anything. I
1: right. I've constantly get a, a lot of love. You know, I remember a story you told me in the early days where, because um, I asked you, how do you know how much to print? And you told me, um, I think it was like one of the early days where you printed all this stuff. And uh, it was, I think it was for a protest march in D.C. or something (laughs) like that. Can you tell me that story again? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: in my early days, and um, my first, very first design was a T-shirt. And okay, so I was involved with a lot of uh, Vietnamese democracy work. and, um, And I was just... You know, attending these protests because I was working for you know Vietnamese TV station, and um, and they would always send me to go these to film these protests. And there was a big one coming up at that time, two thousand five, in Washington DC. It was like the thirtieth uh, anniversary of the fall of Saigon, and so um, I, I decided that that'd be a good because I would I had already was um, branding and uh, developing my uh, my t shirt brand, so I decided to launch the first design called free vietnam and so um i printed like you know four thousand dollars worth i didn't have the money so i borrowed my brother's credit card he's like okay you know like pay, pay me back so um i printed like small medium large up to like four x large i never knew, you know like you know and then hundreds of t-shirts uh in a light baby blue and very clean design with the uh, birds flying like Free Vietnam across the chest, and then in Helvetica, white text, and then uh, like you know, five or six birds flying off the end of the Vietnam word, and then packed my car, drove to Washington D.C., and I knew that there's me like hundreds or thousands of Vietnamese people, and was like this is my audience, and um, you know, but at that time you were you know I was young and didn't think things through. Packed, I could only, you know, I didn't bring a cart or anything. I just had a backpack and all the boxes. I could just stuff like as many t-shirts as I, as I could. Was walking, walking around the, w- with the crowd, and I realized that how shy I was, and I couldn't get the courage to ask people to buy my t-shirts. And I just put one on and hoping that they would ask me where I got it <laughs> but I didn't sell a single t-shirt um, I was just so tired just walking around DC trying to and I just was realized that okay this is a, this is a great learning experience because uh, one I didn't realize I was shy like in my head I was like okay I was gonna you know be like a cash grab type, type of thing so I ended up with uh, hundreds of t-shirts that, you know and I brought it back home and then the next thing I I could think of is you know i was again this is a part of the tenacity of being an artist like okay i gotta sell in these t-shirts and so i have had a you know a growing mailing email list and um because i was you know part of the community i was like sent an email um to everyone i knew and i said in the title in the title the subject line free vanam t-shirts who wants one let me know and i got a lot of responses but then all those people thought the t-shirts were free and um, they, and I was trying to sell them for $20, but it was, it didn't work out. I actually, it took me like years to get, not to get rid, but to sell the
1: t-shirts. I ended up um, donating the t-shirts to a, a, an organization. Oh, wow. That could have sunk anybody. Like, you know, and that's the thing with people who do art or creativity or creative work, there's these like, Things that are deeply tied to business decisions that when we step Mm. off and and we start to create these things, there's like these uh, considerations that we don't think about. And this is one of them. Now, another consideration as I listen to this story is this idea of free Vietnam, right? That's a politically loaded term. And Mm. back in 2005, Mm. that is a term that, you know, guys like us our our generation is like that's like something that we you know walked around and and thought and said freely free vietnam but today there's a different implication to all of that how do you as an artist sort of mitigate sort of like a term like that free vietnam today if you don't mind me asking yeah, I mean I, I think that my thoughts on well I think that,
0: you know, I think that human rights is number one. We should always protect, you know, people in their human rights. And I think that the the um the political party in Vietnam in like, you know, in where Anay stands is like really tricky because um it will tricky in the fact in the fact that like, you know, I, I go back to Vietnam and I love our beautiful country and I love supporting and um, exploring and learning more about our country and, you know, like being there, like, are we supporting them? You know, like uh, how, how does the, this, is really complicated feeling. Cause like, you go back to Vietnam, Yeah, we grew up like, you know, like um, seeing the, the, you know, the flag with the red star then seeing at home in the U S you know, the yellow flag with the, you know, the red stripes. Yes. So it was like, it, it takes um, the first several trips I went to, I was really conflicted. Mm. Um, But at the same time, we have, you know, family in Vietnam and so many friends friends doing work in Vietnam and, you know, business in Vietnam. So it's like, where, where do we draw the line? It's, you know, it's really a gray area. Um, And I'm still that, that
1: feeling is still evolving. You're still exploring. Do you think as a visual artist, do you think that someday, I'm I'm asking this in a hopeful way that you would explore the art of both the flags because that's a, a thing that I I think about all the time. Um, is there a way that sort of we can play with the idea of these dueling flags uh, that exist in you know these young generations like ours? You know um, we have one foot in one one you know in the mindset of one flag and then we have another where we are visiting and the mindset of us as visitors, but sort of like we want to be part of that kind of community, but not under that visual representation, you know? And there's there's all this debate that, that I have on the show all the time. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do we figure this out as a community? And I'm not going to let it rest. I I cannot let this topic rest. It's just so integral to kind of uh, our development as a, as a, as a people, mm-hmm.
0: well, I think the I mean, just the, the some symbolism of the flags is very just complex. It just brings emotions just by you know showing it. Um, so I think that if we if I were to make this into like a graphic thing, I probably wouldn't uh do it in a in using the flags as a symbolism, I would. Approach it like because I think like with artists we approach it in the often like the back door or a different mm. method rather than in your well sometimes in your face but I would approach it in a different uh, method uh, in a you know a different way and and using like you know you know food and or other types of fashion or your know, music is it it transcends a lot of these things you know and I think that I would approach it in a different way than the flags
1: it's just a loaded is so loaded i i I sometimes um want to hop on the loaded bandwagon to to get Mm -hmm. people's responses and the raw responses right i want to yeah i want to i want to normalize this somehow you know and i don't know how i don't know what kind of conversational process is going to have uh you know 100 million people all over the world sort of seeing um this issue as a perhaps collaborative one that we can mitigate our emotions or let it just run rampant and you know. Um mm. but at some point somebody, some team in Vietnam is going to get to the gold, quote unquote, right? Some mm. team is gonna get gold like in soccer or something, gymnastics or who knows yeah, where yeah. that's gonna go. Some golfer. And we're gonna all be left to I'm gonna sit and buy a bucket of popcorn and figure out how do we experience when yeah. that happens and you know it's fun to kind of it's fun to fantasize about like that happening
0: yeah uh, no i mean um uh, i i agree i think that it's well i think that one you know i think that it just one of those things that just takes time and may not be in our lifetime uh it, it would love, i would love to see it in my lifetime but at the same time i think sometimes when I ever, I see, cause I've, I've, this has crossed my mind, but oftentimes I see, you know, the, the, the colors of both flags, uh, you know, red and yellow and it, you know, with color it, it, that blends into orange. And so I think that oftentimes I, whenever I go to Vietnam, I see a lot of orange news. And so I don't know if that's like a middle ground. And, you know, you can say a lot with color. So I think that, um, this is one of those things where like, I, I, I see, see things differently when, just visually, I see yeah, things, I'm and it's hard to that. describe. But yeah.
1: that's cool. It's a cool, uh, a cool way to think about. Hmm. What What's your process as a designer? Like, how does it go from um, like, your your idea inception all the way to a T shirt?
0: Yeah. So it really depends on the design. So oftentimes, like for um, let's say, uh ye um, that design initially was for little kids and babies. And so, uh, I had not intended it for adults. Um, and so, um, and, and I was, when I designed that, I, you know, again, was influenced by, um, uh, you know, Hello Kitty-ish. But then I, I took my characters from the Jukui, the watermelon Island, and, um, to actually, took his his head, and then just put some like you know like um animal ears on it, and then you know oftentimes um because growing up I would my parents would only allow me to comb my hair to the to the side and wouldn't allow like spiky hair or any like you know sp- like you know trendy haircuts, so my hair would always I would always comb my hair to the side, and so I would add that to the design. So all the both the Yeter and Yeg character has the hair combed to the side. Um, so, I mean, that's that process. Um, and interesting anecdote with that design was, um, I was selling my t-shirts at the jet and and yet only had it in kid sizes. And this lady, um, she was determined to buy it. And I said, if you could fit in that t-shirt, you could have it. And so she struggled and, but she was able to stretch that little kid's shirt over her her body and she walked away with the t-shirt <laughs> so now i make it in adult sizes so
1: <laughs> oh such a cute story <laughs> um
0: but other designs they you know they evolve it like for um his you know the story behind almost that sad t-shirt i mean we hear that word all the time um and um i wanted to uh i had a friend um good friends uh lee senduk who um were getting married and i wanted to do this like um, dance routine, like I surprised them with a dance routine at their wedding. And that song, Umsa Sa, um, number one. "Am um, yeah, um Sa, number one, number one. So I wanted to play, do like a, a dance routine. And then, um, so I made them, uh, I made a t-shirt for while we were dancing. I made a t-shirt for them. And it was just like a, a wedding gift. And then it became, you know, a lot of people was, I, I posted it. A lot of people liked it. And it's like, okay, I made I it became a design, so it, it it evolves depending on what it is. But um, like you know, Jelung, because besides just like the words, I have to make it visually appealing, and so yes. that's always the challenge. Besides just whatever words and text, and you know, Times New Roman or Helvetica uh, font, I'd have to make it connect with um, whatever you know, whatever the meaning is. So Jelung, for example, I have a T-shirt. With Jelung, and it's in a sort of like a sports type of um, font, and yeah. so, and also made it like you know the texture that is like faded and cracked. Um, it's more of like a sports T-shirt. So um, I try to combine those things with depending on what the saying or slogan is. Yeah, that makes sense. What what's your like your top selling slogans? Um, it used to be. Um, what the hell, what the hell was, um, you know, was a bestseller for a very, very long time. Um, Jailung was a good seller. Um, and um, uh, I think it's it consistently sells because people are constantly getting um, for their partners and getting married and they wear that for their bridal uh, party. Um, and um, um, let's see. And I started a a sort of a new series called like little miss or little uh, or mister, which is like little miss, like gate you, caught you. Yeah. And so I borrowed that from like the little kids uh, sort of, you know, elementary type of uh, characters. And so I I sort of customized uh, that into our own thing. You know,
1: in the artist community, uh, when you are sort of like on your journey to doing the art and you do it for a few years. Different opportunities come up for very different reasons, uh, volunteering, uh, different social programs. We're tapped all the time to do things that are not in our wheelhouse. What are some of the opportunities that have come up in your life uh, as an artist for Anai and for the brand? I mean, things that you just, that you were surprised that life brought you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, being in this position, it, definitely um gives me a, i mean it definitely empowers me but it actually gives me a sense there's a definitely a privilege to it cuz it gives me opens opens definitely opens uh, opportunities and uh, doors for me um a lot of people reach out to me um for their nonprofits uh the catalyst foundation i love um I love them and um they invited me to come be a speaker and have a, a workshop so i did a workshop um, you know, making t-shirts with, uh, with the, the, um, the kids at the Catalyst Foundation. Wow. Um, and then I, and then from there, I got to meet, um, uh, the sisters that was chocolate Chocolates, um, based in San Francisco, uh, Wendy and Susan. And, um, those two are are really great. And, you know, we stay you know, we, we became really good friends afterwards. But when I, when I, you know, got to the, uh, it's like, it's a summer camp. So, um, when I got there, um, like, Su- I don't know. Do you know Susan and Wendy? Chocolate chocolates? I don't. Mm-mm. Okay. You should have them on here. Okay. Um, so Susan, like, the- her energy is, like, sca- like through the roof. And she s- scared me, actually, when she I first met him. She's like, oh, my She ran up to me. She's like, oh, well, maybe. I'm not sure if she ran up to me, but she just screamed, like, oh, my God. You're like, an eye. And that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And I didn't know who she was at, you know, at that time. So, um, so I said, no, no, I, I don't know who that is. Like I, just, I just so I played dumb. And then of course, like, you know, a, a minute later, someone from the organization came up to me and say, Hey, hey, Tung. um, you know, nice to meet you. I was like, Oh, you know, like I felt so stupid, but then like, I, and then, you know, they introduced themselves and who they were, but I, I didn't realize like, you know, like I can, I can get like introvert and extrovert, like in, in an instant, and so, like you know, I think it depends on the person's energy. But again, we became really good friends on that trip, and um,
1: we 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 continue to to talk. That's so crazy that 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 recognition happened. And what what was she think? What do you think she was thinking? Well, I think she just is a really extroverted person, mm-hmm. and so um
0: and so she she I think she was just being friendly and being like yeah. welcoming, and um I I. You couldn't I, handle that energy. I could handle
1: it. I could handle her energy. <laughs> and you know, there's this. Um, I think Vietnam Society is mm-hmm. an organization in the D.C. area. And recently, I I saw some of your posts that you uh, you did some work with them. Can you tell me about that?
0: Yep, they're a, a new organization um, and focused on uh, bringing Vietnamese culture to you know to the public and to the world. Um, they recently had a Vietnam Week uh, event for you know two weekends where they <coughs> excuse me. Um, they had an event called Vietnam Week where I um, helped um, organize uh, the fashion show part. They had um, other. Uh, portions of the event, which include culinary by Moon Rabbit, um, a culinary demonstration by Moon Rabbit um, Restaurant in Washington, D.C., um, a, t- a book talk with Viet Tan Nguyen, um, uh, film screenings, um, uh, I think three or four film screenings, including uh, M. um and a fashion show um, that included a uh, fashion. A wedding attire from the eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds. Wow! Um, and it was like it was like a full on ensemble. Um, you know, with the bridegroom, uh, both bridal parties, um, fan bearers, umbrella bearers, and then the, uh, where, where did the bridesmaid groomsmen. Where did the costumes come from? Uh, from Vietnam. They were flown from Vietnam. So, and then oh. with the curator, uh, with the curators uh, that came with them. Yeah, it was a it was a big production. It was held at the Kennedy Center, the Reach. Oh, that's uh, a- the other. Yep, yeah, the other events were held at the Smithsonian. So this was like a legit, first, yeah, um, first class type of event. And I helped um, coordinate and recruit uh, the models. Um, you know, I have some experience, a little experience in recruiting models, and um, and just coordinating the models uh, throughout the whole process and how big was the production how many models did you uh a total of 22 models plus like um you know the mc which is you know he was also part of the the model ensemble
1: and and were they flown in from all over the country or were they only in the dc area
0: um the yeah the they're all in the dc area it was just uh yeah the, i mean it was already you know probably big budget already we yeah. could
1: wow it sounds so exciting and what was the event like uh because i've i've read about vietnam society i remember when viet went out to to do it and you know um and the director is a really good friend and partner mm-hmm. of mine and uh i i always want to know like what happened well, how did the event go the, the event was really great um
0: very well organized very well put together the organizers put out their you know personal time and energy and um into it um I've, and i hope that they continue to grow and uh and uh, i know that they want to bring in you know more artists and just just continue to build on on um you know showing the world um what vietnam has to offer besides you know of course bun mai and pho is great um you know um, but we were trying to i think sorry they are trying to um expand on a different scale and a different approach into the general open you know to to the public really
1: yeah this is great um and it was it predominantly and I, I like to spend a lot of time here because it was a DC event you were in it um, Vietnam society seems to be doing something right and I'm curious about the the event uh, from afar you know mm-hmm. being on the other end of the, the country but um yeah the it, it, how many people showed up to it
0: um, I mean, I think they were, um, I think that it was always, um, or mostly, f- well, the the tricky part was it was because it was at the Smithsonian, they could not charge all the tickets were free. Uh, well, actually all the v- events were free. Wow. And so, um, uh, because it was at the Kennedy center and the Smithsonian, I think the events were free and open to the public. And so with free events, people, um, reserve tickets and so they they don't always come when something's free they don't always you know come so that be- that became like an an issue um that we've learned uh like you know the first first couple of events which is it would be sold out but then like you know it would be half capacity or people would like trickle in would you know so and and a lot of people wanted to go but they couldn't go cuz they were it was sold out so i think that that's something that um they're working on and how do we uh, reduce that gap
1: yeah that's a very interesting um problem to have i mean it happens mm-hmm. you know in vet events in la and i i've heard that you kind of have to almost expect just 25 percent of people going so mm-hmm. if your space can hold a hundred you open up to 400 and expect 300 not to show up mm-hmm. right yeah yeah
0: so i think that that's um something that we or pr- trying to do it towards the, the later
1: events, which is like, you know, opening up the books. Yeah. So that's more people. Play. What, what are some of your challenges that you've had throughout the last almost two decades with production <laughs> or design? Yeah. That's a, also a loaded question. It's just
0: because, you know, it's constantly evolving and, and um, I'm, tr- I'm constantly learning. So in the early stages, um, you know, I was working out of my basement and, um, the 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 initial uh, issues were um you know like just inventory you know one t-shirt like let's say what the hell uh, design um needed small medium large or maybe sorry small to extra large um and then in men's and women's sizes yeah and then i had it to have it in uh brown and fuchsia so that like just you know that's just one design so as I added more designs, it became just an inventory nightmare. And um, in, in, in addition to the inventory, like I used to love writing thank you notes, uh, handwrite thank wow. you notes to my customers. And I just want the connection, you know, like I just wanted to like thank them like for their support. So I would write them a thank you, a handwritten thank you notes. And then uh, I used to also sew on the, I labels on the back of the t-shirts, like I would, Literally, be on the sewing machine, sewing the labels on T-shirt. Cause that, to me, again, it's love. Artists, artists make emotional decisions, which are there's a, a lot of those emotional decisions are not good for business. Actually, horrible for business. <laughs> so I made those, you know, just emotional. It was like it felt good in my heart, but it was not a smart decision. So, yeah. um, and so um, though that was one of the challenges, just the product, they, the logistics of inventory just constantly shipping them out like i was shipping and shipping out was getting sales was great but then shipping out was like just a headache just like folding it putting stuffing it in the envelope and printing out the label and just just was annoying and then so i like think like seven six or seven years in i released the wing win situation Mm. and that was a super popular uh, design and i had outsourced the the shipping and inventory to a company in los angeles and um that was uh, a bit of a nightmare because i had to sh- like send all my inventory to them and there's there's like in, in in a week i would get like you know maybe like five orders from thong Wing, for example and they'd be like which Wing am i shipping this to <laughs> and um you know because we a lot of us have similar names and they would always mix up orders and then um you know just the nature of um bulk printing and you know silk screening um you'd have to like print things you know in bulk so I just spent like thousands of dollars printing a bunch of t-shirts and then hoping that they would sell and so there's that issue um and that actually at that time that whole um outsourcing that really made me burnt out and so I took a, a break um for a few years after that um because I just like didn't know what to do like I didn't know I didn't have the know how to fix it and so i think i took a break and then um and then it wasn't until uh digital printing sort of start to pop up and digital printing is like a game changer right a a huge game changer and it was still in the early stages where the quality wasn't that great um they also would mess up you know like the alignment was like not straight um but it it had a lot of potential so i stuck stuck it out with uh this company that was you know new and growing and so uh, they've improved the process Um, and it's just like, you know, they would return or like, you know, send a new t-shirt out, um, pretty quickly. Um, and I didn't have the overhead. I didn't have the inventory to deal with. Uh, so it was definitely a game changer. And so, and also like, um, it would allow for full color printing, uh, without additional charge. So for example, we mentioned early on the owl and the sparrow t-shirts, um, the, you know, cuckoo team team t-shirt. Yeah. Um, which is one of my favorite t shirts. Um, um, that was my most expensive t shirt to produce because I wanted, because it had like five or six different colors. Um, and yeah. it, I wanted this like special, like very thin, la- like, you know, whenever I'm like, you know, attention to detail. So t shirts have different textures and layers and how it feels on you. Like it has to yeah. feel good. So I, I had this special like ink. Um, that I used on that one. A little so, bit. It, so it would fit. Yeah, it would like be, you know, look like it was aged and older mm-hmm. and it'll, it, it sort of, yeah. So it was like, it cost me like, I don't know, like $12 a t-shirt or something. And, um, and uh, I remember like, you know, making a deal with Stefan saying, Hey, you get like, you know, five bucks a t-shirt or something. And uh, basically I had like zero profit <laughs> on, on that t-shirt. And yeah, again, I didn't care. Cause I was like, um, people are gonna be wearing my t-shirts. Uh, that's gonna and I st- sort of still have that mentality. It's like I don't care too much about the profits. I mean it's good for sustainability and you know in business but you know like if another t-shirts out there and people are enjoying them and brings them joy, like I want that first and, and and I'll try to figure out the profit stuff later. Um, And so I remember um, Stefan our, our boy Stefan like he's like, oh how, how's sales going you know? And uh, I was like, uh, sales look good, but I don't have any, like you know, like your commission. I need to work on that your commission. So I remember him saying like, just send me whatever you have. <laughs> so I think like you know like as artists, like he, he, he was probably broke. I was probably broke, and I was like, I probably, I think I just like gave our friend mutual friend Danny 100 dollars, and he's like, you know, send this to <laughs> Stefan. I remember that pretty vividly. So,
1: <laughs> oh my god. The early days, I you know I and I think about I had the green t shirt. I I think it was the green one, mm-hmm. and I wish I had yeah ten of them. You know, yeah, yeah. it's one of those it's limited things. edition. Yeah, when yeah. you think of when you think back on these sort of moments in the history of your life and the value of the item that you actually had, you wish I had more of them that I could just wear <laughs> to parties because they're yeah. so so significant in the circles that i run in to have that Mm -hmm. t-shirt now can we get where can we get a reprint of it i mean is it i mean we not you know nothing i mean nothing is impossible i i'm sure i have
0: the file somewhere and can get it reprinted um interestingly enough like because that one cost so much to produce i did a newer version in like you know just basically updated the design so that it's like less colors and you know But um, but yeah, I mean, I remember um, Stefan, uh, you know, he trusted me again. This is like the love that we have for art, you know. Each you know artist is like you know. He's like just you know, and I was nervous approaching him with the concept of go go Jim Jim because it's again, um, you know, I I grew up with a family who my dad is like you know very perverted, you know, jokes and and i was like this would be like a hilarious but again yeah. if you've seen the movie i was but these little kids like little love you know like a love story and having this t-shirt is like you know not really aligned with the story <laughs> but i thought it was funny so well, I, Stephon, the that's the it.
1: kind of guy he is though stefan mm-hmm. you know the director stefan Gogger was very much like a child he was such a, a talented artist but uh was such a, a a you know the ch- heart of a child a pure heart you know um yeah, yeah we will miss him so much he died uh january 2018 i believe january 18 mm, 2000 yeah. yeah 2018. sadly missed but i wish i had more of those t-shirts because he used to wear them too yeah <laughs> yeah you know there's other viet clothing brands out there now like there's a brand, uh, shout out to, I think, Chris uh, from Little Saigon. It's an actual brand called Little Saigon. They're, mm-hmm. they're hard to do. They're hard. These brands that are existing um, in our community. I mean, there's Anoy, there's Little Saigon. I think there's one other one. But looking back on your experience, how do you, do you think you would do anything differently? Um, like well, I, I mean, literally Saigon down and say, Hey, here's a roadmap. Here's what I did mm-hmm. right. Here's what I did wrong. Uh, here's it's a cultural it's a merchandising brand that is culturally mm-hmm. relevant for Vietnamese Americans. and what what kind of advice would you give to to future uh, brands that are you know on this path? Yeah. Uh, well, I, actually,
0: I mean, I wanted to give a shout out to some OG uh, Vietnamese T-shirt uh, designers, um, Hutsai, which is, uh, you know, I think yeah. they were part of the UNEF, so circle, and thumb and, and I forgot uh, bow, I believe thumb and bow. Um, they were the creators of Hutsai, and they created really wow. awesome designs. Uh, again, it, uh, they created like, and and uh, I reached out to them, and I. Um, um, I acquired um, a lot of their designs into Anai, And so I acquired, a th- I don't want to miss, um, Bia Om. I acquired Bia Om. I acquired uh, Balopluck and uh, one or two more. Um, and then I reached out to Key, I believe. He is from San Jose and he made the, uh, the, uh, the Café Ciudad t-shirt design that looks like the Starbucks logo. So I acquired that from him, but that one, I believe it was um, sort of copied and in, brought into Vietnam. And so um, there's, I think you mentioned, you asked earlier, like, have you seen it? That design is not my design, but it was copied in Vietnam. I'm sure there's going to be others.
1: Um, now, when you so say you acquired these designs, what what do you, what, do you, what does that mean? Oh, okay. So uh, I know that, you know, wrote our
0: you know over the years they uh, they printed out t-shirts and they were selling them and you know it, they look great and I, I and i i think that it's um you know I, I, they were you know competitors but i wanted to become friends with them get to know them and just talk with them so i never saw them as like enemies so yeah. i think that's number one and um and it props to them for you know creating great designs um, but then just the, the biz- the industry, the t-shirt industry of the parent industry is just a, a, a tough industry to, to, to sustain. And so, um, they sort of, they grew up and they got real jobs and, you know, had probably families and stuff. And so, um, yeah, they probably found a better, more, you know, sustainable career. And I probably should have done that, <laughs> but then I didn't see, um, I, and then like, years passed by and then I was thinking like, what would I, what would they say if I asked them if I could buy their design? So I wow. emailed both of them and reached out to them and they said, yeah, well, they would love to um, have me continue to, ha- you know, sell their design. So I acquired it, you know, for just a little bit of money and um,
1: yeah, so that's how... But, you know, these designs today though, with artists like you or, you know, stuff from Hutzei, don't you just put it, post it somewhere on a sort of delivery, you know, uh, what, what, what's it called? Yeah, it uh, uh,
0: D- uh, th- just a digital printing, DTG. DTG. Drop shipping. Yeah, drop shipping so, yeah. process
1: where you click a button, the designs yeah. are online. Mm-hmm. And so does all of your acquisitions and designs now live somewhere online where we could just click a button and buy? Uh, yes, but then it gets a little well, I mean, I think that, that yes, and
0: um, you know, just the the nature of digital artwork, it becomes easily copied, and so there's lots of copycats out there. Uh, I'm sure there's, I mean, even this logo, my my logo with the trademark uh, is copied, and they're selling it with the trademark. So, wow. I, it's it's a constant like you know uphill battle. So I think that's important for me to, you know, just sell it through my website. Um, and cuz i i tr- explored uh, amazon cuz amazon allows for for um you know similar digital printing and uh, my t-shirt my uh, t-shirt i designed um i am asian american yeah. um was copied uh and like um like like in minute within minutes on amazon yeah and so it was you know heartbreaking that i i didn't know how quickly because it's just the nature of Amazon. You could see what sells really well. And so whatever's on the top of the list, they are going to copy it just, just instantly. So, and it's, and there's nothing. There's nothing you can do. No. I mean, you can you know, file a report, but then there'll be another. Per- you have to like constantly look and search for your own design. And it's just um not worth it for me. So,
1: No, I can't imagine. That's like a time suck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean. But that would limit our sort of creative juices, right? Because if we're not making money or profits from the designs or the time that we spent doing this stuff, then eventually we tap out and we get out, no?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that, that is true. And I think that um I think well, we have to sort of pivot or and or evolve on how we approach things. So I mean, I I'm just thinking like, you know, when um tweaking app, night in the you know the pirating of dvds right so what what they had to pivot uh they had to pivot to another way or streaming of some sort um so i think that uh we always have to evolve or uh, otherwise, otherwise we have yeah. to sink yeah
1: yeah otherwise you stop doing it mm-hmm. you know speaking of evolution uh somebody um who was an early fan was michelle fan to, to your brand tell, tell me about that I, I've heard about that before oh man
0: I love Michelle shout out to Michelle fan uh, or she says Michelle fawn but um yeah so early days I built my own website and you know when you I, I could see um, f- clicks and links and and I was just super obsessed with just look look looking at how many um, visitors I would have on my website <clears throat> I was constantly refreshing and there was um, a big blip coming from a um a vlogger um and the vlogger was like michelle fan and um and i was like and i clicked that link and she had bought a t-shirt uh what the hell in fuchsia and um she was wearing it she was like you know just promoting my website wow and um i clicked on i saw her photo and um and she's like this super cute girl very trendy um and I reached out to say, hey, you know, like, I would love for you th- for a collaboration. And she was all in. And she um, promoted my mm. Yeetung um, uh release. And so I sent her the T-shirts. She she did um, a Yeetung version. And then she did a Yegeek version. And we kept in touch. And uh, then, like, later, several years later, she helped me promote... Um, another uh one of my like contests which is like a dance um contest to win and that's when I sort of explored
1: the youtube you know stuff so wow what a force of good she um she seems like a very nice person yeah she she's really amazing and yeah, she's, she's not, sort not. of
0: she's blown up way bigger since then i mean she started her own like Skincare line and her own other branding and cryptocurrency and so many different things. Yeah, so she's a like Forced to be working with
1: boss lady, boss mm-hmm. woman. What, what's
0: totally, one hundred percent boss lady.
1: What What's your future uh, plans for Anai?
0: Well, um, a few collaborations that I have lined up, which are um, with the uh, Gem uh, Sauce. Um, they, uh, you know, when I was in California, um, I kept on seeing Gem Sauce everywhere. And um, and I I love that there's like an expansion or explosion of Vietnamese brands out there. And um, I don't know who the owner is or anything, but I just like in one like I was in California and I just had a, a spark like a, you know I have like these like visions of like oh that'd be cool if they did this. And so I sent them a um a sketch of like a fish and a um gorkung soaking in their uh, jam sauce, and um, you know, like a talk bubble or something. And I sent that sketch. Uh, I DM'd them with that um, that sketch and say, "Hey, you should, you should, you know, do this." Or you know, and then um, they say, "Okay, we, well, you know, we'll take a look at it." And then you know, they're super nice. But then uh, it was not until <clears throat> recently that they said, "Oh, let's uh, let's collaborate." So um, they're gonna do a giveaway. and we're gonna. Um, included a t shirt in that giveaway, so that's our next uh collaboration. Um, and then, um, the D Vang from uh California, the I, yeah. I should know D- diaspora uh,
1: Vietnamese
0: uh, Artist Network. Yes, so D Vang, I met um Isabel. Isabel, is it mm-hmm. Isabel? Yes, I Isabel. felt I met Isabel at the um at the Vietnam week event and you know like she's super sweet and I said you know we just introduced her and we got along and I said hey you know let's let's do something together and so we we chatted um a week later and we sort of uh, you know informally agreed that we should collaborate so that's my next collaboration um i just love supporting like Vietnamese organizations and just see them grow so yeah. and, and other artists we we will we will collaborate um you know i think that you are doing really awesome work i mean i you know don't need to toot your horn but like i think that um i'm always finding ways to like support other artists in my own way like we're, you know i i do it when i was poor and i'm less poor now but um I think that we we just you know find ways to support and uplift one another
1: yeah for it's sure. a, it's a really small community it's not that big of a community but it's growing but it's not like to a point where you know especially if you've been around for a long time like you you know you, you tend to just kind of collect uh all of the the artists and and you know we stay in touch with everybody
0: yeah I, I but i also feel yes and i think that we're going through a, a, a you know a new um shift like awakening right now yeah new shift right now because I think that like when I started Ani there was a shift you know like fifteen ish years ago yeah you know they had there was like a big boom in like Vietnamese artistry um and then I think it sort of you know they like, smaller it. cycles yeah and then the right now I feel like there's another big boom of Vietnamese artists coming out and I think that's part because of you know our work is you know is, it, it never doesn't go away it just keeps on it just builds this momentum so I think that there's another um renaissance Vietnamese renaissance happening right now
1: yeah for sure and um it's interesting to watch because it's like a it's ebb and flows right it goes in and out mm-hmm. and you know some people just stop doing what you know stop doing their art and some people keep going and you know it's just a never-changing landscape
0: mm, absolutely I'm excited to see what happens
1: yeah tuan thank you so much for coming on today i i really appreciate it is there there, are there things that we're leaving out (laughs) um things that you want to talk more about let's see well i mean i think that the
0: there's an element of me that like i'm pretty private um and i don't really I, i really do interviews and um and i think that you know, I, I allow um, my models, I select models that just really represent the different facets of uh, Vietnamese, Vietnamese community. And I would love to have like, you know, um, um, a male, like official male model. I, it, interestingly enough, I know that I say I'm, I'm really shy and I like my privacy, but there's been um, two times where I was in the another campaign yeah. <laughs> modeling and, um, it's, it's kind of funny how that the first one happened, which is, um, um, one of my inter, I had like a, like a group of interns. I only had interns once, but I had a group of interns. They're just like these young college students. And, um, you know, I started, I know when I was like, you know, in my twenties, so I wasn't that much older than them, but, um, one of them I, yeah, I've maintained, maintained friends uh, with, and, you know, her name is. Kim Do. She was an inspiring uh, model. And um, she said, we just, you know, we were just uh, chatting regularly at that time. And we were placing a bet on a soccer game. And I said, Hey, if, um, if you win, you have to model for me and, and, um, and, you know, vice versa. And she said, if, if, if you lose, then you have to model you know as well i was like okay you know like sure i i didn't think that i would lose so um she modeled the uh jabui sang uh t-shirt uh and um with kim lay as the photographer and i modeled uh, i was in the same campaign and i modeled the um saigon motorcycle club um, t-shirt that was was a really fun photo shoot i used to have these big production photo shoots um and you know but these days with social media i often you know just i scaled it down cuz it's just um easier just to ship t-shirts to yeah. models and then talk to
1: them and say hey can you do something with it you you um, know a thing that we didn't talk about is um it's funny that you talk about modeling you are a very impressive dresser you you dress <laughs> very very well. I mean, we can't see it now cuz you're in a t-shirt but you um you put together some ensemble like some pieces and you know it's like really different and stylistic you know it's like old school um fashion that it's like meticulous attention to detail when you put things on and it's like there's an intention uh you can feel when you get dressed up and it's not like you know it's not like east uh it's not like west coast kind of casual uh, dressing. It's like East coast, cold weather, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Oh, wow. Well, thank you, Ken. Um, well, it's, I think that that was, um, you know, it's that was influenced by growing up in a, I'm one of seven siblings. And so I have three older brothers, I have three sisters, and I was always left with uh, head-me-downs. <clears throat> and, you know, whenever I, would you know wear a you know, clothes from my siblings i would have you have to like sneak it or like you know like hide it you know and and if i get it dirty they'd be super uh, upset and so um i this is like a weird talent or a gift but um uh, i i could visualize like outfits um because i would i would always wake up you know uh before when i wake up for school i could visualize okay i want these pants with this shirt and then I would just go and grab it. And um, I, and I could do that with like, you know, uh, I can just visualize things um, relatively easily. Um, And so I think that has helped me a lot in visualizing um, and understanding. I think I understanding, I understand because I can visualize, I can pair things up, um, you know, better and just understand like, fashion you know because we're in the i'm in the industry so i understand hair makeup i just know more about that um and uh
1: putting yeah. it together comes out putting me. it together
0: yeah yeah just the silhouette i i call it the silhouette just like the the look if you you know if you see a the person from far away like you you can kind of tell if they're
1: good looking <laughs> you know like their, their silhouette <laughs> So interesting, it's so interesting. When are you coming back out to LA? Uh,
0: you know I, I'm trying to find oh you know I'll be, um, I'll be going out uh, hopefully um, in uh, January, February March around March um, not many people know this, but I'm a, my 95 job. I'm a high school teacher. Don't tell my students I they don't know. I don't think they know. Um, and a lot of my colleagues don't know that I have this other life
1: yeah um, but let's let's talk about that you're a high yeah. school teacher but you're also in a program at harvard right now uh for uh getting a master's degree in education correct uh educational leadership educate what is that what is educationally le- and why educational leadership with all of this art background that you have um well it allows me t-
0: well uh so the program is uh part of harvard's uh for independent schools and so um want to share too much about where i work but um but it's for specialized for independent schools and leadership in independent schools and so that allows me uh, because i do a lot of leadership uh stuff for my school school and for um asian educators and so uh, i feel like that would um, give me the 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 better tools to work with Mm. um in those in that capacity and so, um, I, when you know it, it was a, an accident, um, you know I f- sort of fell into um teaching or in, you know sc- independent schools, uh, t- like roughly twelve years ago when the economy was like you know shaky, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I I needed a part time job, <clears throat> and just you know I was I found the part time job on Craigslist when that was still a thing. Um, and I was like, huh this is really cool like you know I could do my side hustle and uh, work at this school part-time but then I began to began to really love being in that environment and um, worked full started working full-time and then that's led me to learning about this whole new uh, world of like wow. Asian educators in independent schools and so that has really motivated me and and I've been applying my, sort of skill set of marketing and branding and, um, you know, just
1: inspiring, uh, Asian educators. So props that's to, amazing. to them. It's so weird that that's like the thing we're going to end on because the entire time we talked about, I and, you know, your, <laughs> your, your journey in the art world and, um, creating this really cool brand, but the impact of being an educator for you is probably sp- Really high on your list, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that
0: um, when when I met the group of you know uh, educators and it was specifically Asian educators, I felt like it needed uh, sort of this similar type of thing that I'm trying to do with Anai to the Vietnamese community, which is like see this uh, brand and be in inspire uh, And so I wanted to find ways to like inspire these asian educators because i feel like you know it's a small group of there aren't that many asian educators in independent schools so i think that um i'm trying to find ways to support them
1: better got it Um, yeah got it tuan thank you so much again for for coming on and uh, i value your friendship all throughout all these years and the support and the love that you've shown me over and over again
0: Yes, absolutely, Kenneth. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to collaborating with you, collaborating with you in the future and seeing you in person. I, I mean, I love going to California. You give me good, positive energy. Awesome. Thank you. I look
1: forward to seeing you again soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Crystal Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts.